0: Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott.
1: Hello to everyone. Welcome to the program. Islam discounts Christianity by saying that Islam is Christianity's replacement. Douglas Gruthius, in his book Christian Apologetics, states that Islam's argument for abrogation is rooted in five major claims against Christianity. The claims are, first, the Bible has been distorted. Second, Jesus was not crucified. Third, Jesus is not divine. Fourth, God is not triune. And fifth, Jesus was only a prophet of Islam. Islam teaches that Jesus' gospel was no different from the teaching of the Old Testament prophets. However, Jesus' simple message was lost and replaced by the Christian gospel, which Islam claims were a perversion of the truth. Of course, Islam would have to say that because what we will show today contradicts some of their basic claims. Islam denies that Jesus is the Messiah, rendering him a merely human prophet. As such, it denies the Christian gospel, the only way of salvation. Thus, it falls under the Apostle Paul's warning in the epistle to the Galatians. Quotes, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be accursed. End quotes. That's found in Galatians chapter 1, verse 8. 1 John 4, verse 3a adds to that condemnation, Quotes, Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, end quotes. Jesus himself warned, Quotes, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you shall recognize them. Quotes. That's found in Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 and 16. Given the credentials of the New Testament and the supremacy of Jesus himself, None of Islam's five major assertions hold up. I discussed the Islamic worldview in episodes 134 to 140 of Defending and Commending the Faith. Should you need review of their worldview, consult those episodes. In the last episode of this program, I discussed three fictions about Jesus. I begin today with Islam's and others' assertions against Christianity, namely the assertion of fiction four, Jesus never claimed to be divine. Personally, I know about six objections that have been raised against Jesus' claim to be God. First, objectors refer to Jesus saying, quote, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone, as found in Mark chapter 10, verse 18. The objectors are assuming Jesus excluded himself. They reason if he claimed to be God, he would have been equal with God, the Father, and therefore should have agreed he was good too. Second, Jesus said, Quotes, the Father is greater than I, end quotes. That's in John chapter 14, verse 28. The objectors make the same assumption as in the first objection. They assume if Jesus claimed to be divine, he would have said, I and the Father are equal. Well, he did. He said, I and the Father are one. That's in John chapter 10, verse 30. Third, Jesus affirmed, quotes, but of that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. End quotes. That's found in Mark chapter 13, verse 32. The objector reasons God knows everything and Jesus says the Son does not know something. So Jesus as the Son cannot be God. Fourth, Jesus prayed to the Father saying, this is eternal life, that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent, That's in John chapter 17, verse 3. The objector's reason, if God the Father is the only true God, then Jesus as the Son, being distinct from the Father, cannot be God. Fifth, quotes, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, end quotes. That's found in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. The objectors say that Jesus was the firstborn of creation means that he was created. Sixth, Christ is called, quotes, the beginning of the creation of God, in quotes. That's in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. Objectors say this means he was the first one created. Fact, Bakum in a sermon on YouTube, chooses to believe the New Testament because, quotes, it is a reliable collection of historical documents written down by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. They report supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies that claim that their writings are divine rather than human in origin. End quotes. This fundamental fact comes out of the exposition of the passage of Scripture in Second Peter chapter one, verses sixteen through twenty-one. I will not attempt to expound how Bacham developed his comments from that passage. In the last episode, I said that Luke, a physician and an historian, claimed in the prologue of his gospel, in Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, that his gospel was based on information gained from eyewitnesses he interviewed. The gospel of John claims to have been written by the very disciple whom Jesus loved, namely, the disciple John, quote, who testifies of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true, end quotes. That's in John chapter 21, verse 24. John also records, quotes, he who has seen the crucifixion has borne witness, and his testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, So that you may believe. That's in John nineteen verse thirty-five. I also pointed out that the Apostle John wrote, "That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, our hands have handled, concerning the word of life." That's in First John chapter one verse one. John is referring to Jesus, and he is saying that he and the other apostles were witnesses of Jesus's deeds and compassion. Peter says that they were eyewitnesses of His majesty. That's in Second Peter chapter one, verse sixteen. First Corinthians chapter fifteen verses three through eight, records that over five hundred witnesses, observed Jesus alive after the crucifixion. Some have promoted the idea that each of these testimonies was an hallucination. This is the hallucination theory of the resurrection. Besides these six recorded instances of eyewitness testimonies, I will list the addresses of five other records of eyewitness testimony. Acts chapter 2 verse 32, chapter 4 verses 19 and 20, chapter 10 verses 39 and 40, Hebrews chapter 2 verses 3 and 4, and First Peter chapter 5 verse 1. In our court system, eyewitness testimony is sufficient to determine the guilt or innocence of a person charged of a crime. Why don't we draw conclusions based on eyewitness testimony regarding Jesus Christ? I think we can. I refute the above six objections in the same order given. First, when Jesus said, Why call me good? He is not denying that he is good, but he is asking the questioner if he realized the implications of his statement. In effect, Jesus was asking, are you calling me God? Second, of course, God is greater than Jesus as a man, and the Father is greater than the Son in office but not in nature or essence. Third, Jesus as the God-man has two natures. In one, he is all-knowing, and as a man, he is not. Fourth, saying that God the Father is the only true God does not imply that only the Father is God. Indeed, there are two other persons who are God in essence. Fifth, firstborn can mean priority in rank, not in time. This is saying that Jesus is preeminent. Jesus as the Son is first over creation, not first in creation. Sixth, to say that Jesus was the first one created would contradict The clear teaching that the Son created all things. That can be found in John chapter 1, verse 3, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, and in Colossians 1, verse 16. Further, the same term, beginning, is used in the book of Revelation of the Lord, the Almighty, in chapter 1, verse 8, and of the one who sits on the throne, the Father God. In chapter 21, verses 5 and 6. To say that Jesus made such claims proves nothing by itself. The claims might not be true, in which case Jesus was either a liar or a lunatic. The real question is whether or not there are good reasons to believe the claims are true. What kind of evidence did Jesus offer for his claims to deity? he offered three lines of evidence to confirm his claim to be God. First, his fulfillment of prophecy. Second, his sinless life and miraculous deeds. And third, his resurrection. That being the case, we can conclude Jesus' miracles confirm that he is God. The Bible says in various places, Jesus lived a sinless life. That can be found in John chapter 7 verse 18, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15, chapter 7 verse 26, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 22, 1 John chapter 3 verse 5. I will address his resurrection in due course. Now, allow me to give supporting evidence that Jesus fulfilled prophetic utterances. I'm told that Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies. The Gospel of Matthew is especially useful for understanding how the life of Christ was the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. Matthew's Gospel used fulfilled or fulfilled 15 times referring to Christ, Thirteen of those start off saying, "Quotes that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by," end quote, a prophet. Allow me to quote one such case. Quotes that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, "He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses." End quotes. That's in. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. You can find all the other references by using a concordance. Allow me to close this episode by reminding you, exercise daily. Walk with God.
0: Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott